the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. We've just added that Dow Jones news report, a little financial talk, um, just to give me a little bit of a breather. They talked about Sears franchising uh, auto parts stores in large part to help replace some of the dealers from GM and Ford that have basically completely all but disappeared. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I feel that I should talk a little business news in large part because I've kind of ignored it throughout most of the show today. I've talked about Tiger Woods. I've talked a little Olympics. I've talked a little bit of debt. So let's talk a little um, business news. Google today said that they're going to donate $2 million to support Wikipedia. I think that's cool. I think that is a very noble thing. So Wikipedia is... uh, you know what it is. It's an online encyclopedia. I'd hate to be an encyclopedia salesperson in this day and age because they're out of business. You know, a little junior gets in front of the computer, as we now know, almost 70% of Americans have internet connections. Encyclopedia is gone. It's done. So I remember encyclopedias. Do you remember encyclopedias? Your parents would have a set of encyclopedias and, you know, for any information, like the country Laos. You know, your teacher would say, you got to do a report on Laos. And you go study where the hell is Laos and you go to the encyclopedia to get maps on it and you know your teacher would say do something on the man landing on the moon and you go to the encyclopedia you'd look up M and you'd pull up moon and you'd see wow this is kind of cool and kind of crazy I miss those days but anyway long story short seven-year-old Wikipedia is a nonprofit. Um, the eBay founder he threw in two million dollars to Wikipedia six months ago so uh, it's gonna be one of those projects that needs public funding because they're trying not to commercialize it now, they do have some revenue goals that are pretty ambitious. Um, revenue up jumped up to about $8.7 million last year. This year, they're over $10, billion, uh, $10 million, not billion, million dollars. So it's tiny. And I'll tell you, the, the Wikipedia is just cool. It's fun. Um, I don't know. It's I, I personally want everyone to Wikipedia me and change things and, and make me like nine foot tall and I eat, you know, goats, things like just make up stuff about me because I think that's funny. So other stories of note today in the world of business, in the world of technology, Salesforce.com. Okay, this is where I'm going to give you a little bit of press release with a little bit of Wall Street analysis because this is uh, the two work together. I hate press releases. Oh, good God, do I hate press releases. Like that Google story is a press release. Salesforce.com, the online business software company, they announced that 100 companies are going to be begin testing a new collaboration tool. It's called Chatter. Now, what's interesting to note about this, it's basically a Facebook for business, enabling employee profiles, feeds, and status updates to improve access to information within a company. Chatter is designed to integrate with existing social networks like Facebook and Twitter. So Salesforce.com, public traded company, ticker symbol is CRM. CRM, it's one of my top 10 stocks of the year 2010. I think it's a winner. It's a tech company. 
Um, and again, consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned. But they're going after Salesforce.com is going after Twitter and Facebook. And yesterday, Microsoft announced that they're integrating into Outlook Facebook. It's pretty cool what's happening. Remember, Facebook's got 400 million plus users. Uh, business partnering is it's basically in trial right now. So this this new feature called Chatter. Now that's the the press release, right? You go, Rob. I got no financial information out of that. None. It was bone dry. Can I throw one thing out there? Lamont and Tonelli suck. So those are the people that listen to one hundred seven seven the bone. You're a loser. Do you know that they pull comedy bits in from the internet? Like I could do that, but I'm not that lame. I actually work on my comedy. I actually try to. Um, how shall we say, develop a craft. And sometimes it fails miserably, but I will never, ever download a fake Tiger Woods press conference. I will never, ever download John Lennon, John Lennon calling in from heaven that some lame comic in Iowa did, sold it to some lame media company so that lame DJs don't actually have to do any work or prep. Anyway, that's my opinion on Lamont and Tonelli. Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. So Salesforce.com upgraded today to buy over at Karis. Now, Karis is one of those investment houses that you don't know. It's they they call it a buy from above average. They put a price target of eighty seven dollars on it. It's a sixty six dollars stock. This is not going to be a glorious year on Wall Street. This will be an okay year on Wall Street. I think it's going to be front end loaded, and then it's going to have problems on the back end. With that said, here's a stock that you can get a good twenty percent return on. Now, CRM Salesforce dot com customer relation management is basically what they're doing online. It's Cross-selling opportunity with Salesforce automation users. There's a lot of a lot of bells and whistles that could be thrown in. So says Karis. The firm says, while it's still a little too early to suggest a fundamental shift in enterprise collaboration, the rampant growth of social networking in the consumer market and its potential for enterprise should not be ignored. Feedback from non-beta test customers indicated a very high level of interest in this new product that they've got coming out there that they uh, unveiled today that's starting to roll out with their Salesforce. They've got 100 plus businesses in trials with it. It's just something to mention, something to note. Companies like Oracle, they want what Salesforce.com is doing. Online business software. Now, again, this is part of a big trend. Some of you are too young to remember this. Mainframes to desktops to internet, cloud, where there's no need right now. For instance, there's no need. I've got three desktops in front of me. What a massive waste. Of space, of processing power. Most of the processing power in computers, none of us will unveil. None of us will ever unleash. Now, with that said, Clear Channel's, you know, our technology here is so 1990s. 21st century is all about putting it online. And there's no reason why you can't put Microsoft Outlook online. There's no reason why you can't put Microsoft Word online. There's no reason why you can't put Internet Explorer online. So there's no reason why I'm not accessing something bigger. The companies that would have those business applications would love it because there would be less chance for ripping them off, less chance for, you know, not licensing. Um, so Salesforce.com is, they're already there. They've put business software online. There's no need. I never, and again, Clear Channel. If I'm Clear Channel, let's just, let's just, for the argument of the argument, say I'm Clear Channel. There's no need for me, Clear Channel, to ever see a salesperson or to ever have a piece of software where Josie, we've got the world's greatest engineer. This guy, Josie, seriously. He's one of those guys from Gilligan's Island that could put like two coconuts and a string together and make a telephone out of it. Um, he's that good of an audio engineer, that good of an audio engineer. Um, there's no need for him to ever install software. 
that's so 20th century. We don't need that anymore. Anyway, long story short, um, Salesforce.com is in the right place at the right time, in my opinion. And they're a San Francisco-based company, of which, for the record, I don't know if Heidi remembers this, we actually booked the CEO of Salesforce.com to come on once, and he canceled on me. He canceled the mother, the mother effer. So, but I've forgiven him. I've forgiven him. Um, Power of good customer relations, hosted applications. I guess that's the best way of saying it, hosted applications. They've got 55,000 clients. Now, again, one of the things that I like to do is take a look at the financials. Because um, I think it gives you another picture. And again, I look at publicly traded companies as people. And, you know, when you're 20 years old and you take your first job in retail, you're making 15 bucks an hour. And you get your first job in corporate America and you're making 20 bucks an hour. And then you get a raise and you're 25 bucks an hour. Like, you're like, whoa, if I were an investment, I'm hot right now, right? Same thing with publicly traded companies. This company was making $500 million back in 07. Then they made $750 million in revenue in 08. Then they made $1 billion in 09. So now, it, as far as profits, that's important too. Because sometimes you can grow revenue, big whoop. It depends on your profits. Now, margins are a big part of this. Margins are something that it's not fun to talk about. But trust me, it's sexy as all hell. Intel, they can come out with this new product, this new chip, sell it for $1,000. But if it costs them $1,000 to make it, why bother? So margins are super important because with a company like Intel, it's millions and millions and millions and millions of chips sold. So if you can improve your margins to 62% from 60%, whoa, it all hits the bottom line when you're talking millions. So now in this company's case, their cash has gone from $80 million to $270 million, $483 million. That's pretty good. Um, their long-term debt is pretty nominal. It, it's out there, but it's pretty nominal. Income's gone from... 500,000 to 18 million to 43 million. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a good story. Plus, it's a, a relationship retention story, which I always like. But now I'm totally digressing into my nerdville. Financial nerdville with Rob Black, 800 345 5639. The women don't get all hot and bothered when you talk about margins and, and balance sheets and financials. And, but I do. So there you know, some guys like Jugs Magazines. I like financials. I love balance sheets. Oh. Show me a good balance sheet, and I'm a happy man. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. I like the hook of this song. I like a good pop song. Phoenix, 1901. I think the name of the band is like Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix. It's got some sort of goofy play. I think you're hearing it a lot in car commercials too now. So maybe I'm not that hip when my music comes from car commercials. It means I'm officially lame. Anyway, it's Phoenix. Uh, can you spell that with a PH, not an F? 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Um, I love Netflix. I don't know. Do you love Netflix? Raise your hand if you love Netflix. I love Netflix. And I've followed the company for years and years and years now um, because I've had them for years and years and years now. And you, you almost can't help but watch them, right, and, and watch their growth and, and see how they're doing. I was stunned. San Francisco, one in five people who live in San Francisco have Netflix. That's a pretty stunning number. Now, Netflix is in a very old-fashioned business model. 
Remember last segment, I talked about how technology and Salesforce.com, things are going online more and more and more for businesses. It saves money. It's cheaper. It's, it's more productive. It's more efficient. But even more importantly, like when you download a song from iTunes and your MP3 player gets blown up, you can still go download it from iTunes. You own the right to that song as long as you have an account that you can sign into. Basic idea. So movies, the idea of getting a DVD, for instance, for instance, I was looking for a concert DVD. I was looking for maybe The Killers. Maybe I was looking for Arcade Fire. They recently did a show on PBS that I, I think is going to come out on DVD. It's a great show. I, I loved it. I taped it. But I wanted the DVD. And you know, I, I was at Best Buy. And the DVD collection now for music is tiny. There may be one total shelf of music. It's, it's not a whole aisle. It's one shelf. That's it. Of music videos and not music videos of concert videos. I like concert videos. I don't know. It's it's like when you have friends over, you throw on a concert video, turn it down, and uh, it's better than having television on. You know, blamely. You get the idea where I'm trying to go with this. So I was looking and they didn't have it. But what's funny is in in a year from now or two years from now, I'm going to buy that online. It'll be mine forever, and it'll be stored somewhere in in the ether, somewhere in the. The, the, the ether regions of, of the, the internet. I won't even know where it is. But I'll have it anytime I want it. When I move, fine. If my house burns down in a fire, fine. I can get all my media back online. So Netflix is, is just one of those intriguing companies to me because people have predicted the death of Netflix for years now. And it's a company out of Los Gatos, California, which I love Los Gatos, California, by the way. Massively overpriced, but damn cute. <laughs> I think that's actually on a bumper sticker for Los Gatos. Massively overpriced, but damn cute. So, um, Netflix, stay on topic, Rob, stay on topic. A couple of years ago, and I've had the service for 10 plus years now, I was talking to the CEO of the company, Reed Hastings, and it was an interview, and it was one of the last interviews I did at CNET Radio, and it was fantastic. It was, I said, I love your product, and like everyone who has Netflix loves the freaking product. No one says, I got Netflix and it sucks. Not one person says that. We got tired of Blockbuster. We got tired of the late fees. We didn't know. Now, there's another technology out there called Coinstar. And they do the red boxes that are in CVSs, the red boxes that are in in Safeway. A dollar. You can rent a movie for a dollar. As long as you get it back in 24 hours, it's a buck. What a great deal, right? And it's almost a game. People like me, I I, I got the, the movie Moon. Great film great film. I'm glad I didn't pay 10 bucks in a movie theater for it. I'm glad I didn't take a date and spend 20 bucks and, you know, another 40 bucks on the super, uh, super sized sodas and, and popcorn. But anyway, I'm totally digressing now. I like Coinstar as an investment. I like Netflix as an investment. Just as a story, I'm not telling you to go buy it. Please don't go buy it. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned. What I'm trying to say is there's a good story there. So I'd read Hastings on CEO of Netflix. And I said, you know, I'm a man. I'm a red blooded man. Um, I like things that red-blooded Americans love. I don't like hot dogs. Hot dogs are nasty. Nasty, nasty, nasty. But everything else that American men love, I love. So I, I said, why don't you start another business and call it Skin Flicks? And it'll be triple X movies. And, like, you can, like, have green envelopes instead of red envelopes. And, um, like, no one wants to buy that stuff. No one. But we all are kind of slightly intrigued by it. So, um, and he, he goes, you don't know who I am, do you? And I go, no, no, no. What do you mean by that? He's, he's one of the heads of the Christian coalition. 
So here he is, this super Catholic guy, and I totally offended him. And I'm like, can I start the website, skinflicks.com? And he's like, I'll sue you. So um, long story short, never got off the ground. But Reed Hastings, good guy, good CEO. They reported earnings, and they had a press release. The press release, you know, ah, we had a great quarter, and, you know, we turned gold and hay into gold, like, blah, 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 blah. But what I like about when they report earnings is it gives a chance for people like me to listen to them. How did the quarter go? Listen to the analysts. Maybe the analysts are concerned about, are people really watching movies online? Are you going to expand into another country? Are you going to, um, are people canceling the service now? Is mail getting too expensive for you? And uh, he basically talked about some of the, the new stories. And for instance, playing they have to play along with the movie companies. The big media companies basically don't like them. But at the same time, they do like them because it's, it's revenue. But it's cheaper size revenue. And maybe it's like we're not buying DVDs anymore because we're renting them, watching them, and turning them back in the next day. So ultimately, he gets a 28-day window, which allows Netflix to have more quantity at lower price ultimately benefiting customers. So he made some relationships with Paramount and a couple of movie studios, blah, 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 blah. He said that we're not going to acquire any companies. That's interesting to note. So I would love Netflix to merge with TiVo because what Netflix is trying to do is trying to become a set-top box company or a TV company. My, my, my producer, Heidi, she has Netflix and she watches movies online. I don't quite do that because I'm not quite that hip um, and to me, it's still a pain in the butt to do that. But some people watch movies online. She says, I can't afford cable anymore. So she kicked cable out. She downsized cable. She's not ghetto. She's not She's not in the ghetto, but she's close. She can't afford cable. Um, I can't even make eye contact with her right now. I'm so embarrassed. So anyway, the CEO said, we're not going to acquire any company. So TiVo not going to be acquired. Now, Michael Eisner asked CEO, Hastings on Netflix strategy to get into the content business. Is he going to get into content business? Is he going to create content? He said, no, he ruled out the likelihood that Netflix was going to create content. Now he wants to deliver content of other people. When asked about international expansion, he said, we will expand into one country in 2010, but he refused to name the country. So I like hearing conference calls from CEOs. It works for me. It turns me on. It, it, it gives me insight into where the company might be going in or not. So anyway, um, Coinstar, and Netflix, two investment ideas. Now, we've heard, uh, I just brought up Steve Jobs and Apple. Did I just bring up Steve Jobs and Apple, or was that in my head? Was that a little friend in my head talking about Steve Jobs and Apple? That was in my head. Um, so the iPad, now you're starting to see HP show their iPad. So try and tweak prices right now on upcoming keyboardless computers dubbed the Slate. So we thought that Apple was going to be the Slate. Turns out we thought it was going to be the iSlate. Turns out that we were hearing about the iSlate, but it's coming from HP and not from Apple. So HP's got one coming out. Dell's got one coming out. Acer and Sony said they got one coming out. And they all saw what Apple did, and they've refined their product from there. And they're Because they know Apple's going to you know, have a, a massive win in some way, shape, and or form. So they, all the big players, they want to sell some of them. They don't want to be left out. It's part of the pie. Now, who doesn't like pie? Part of the pie. So they want it, They want that revenue. So at one point in time, Dell just sold computers. And then they started selling printers. And they started selling servers. And now they're going to start selling, you know, slate computers. So why? Because it's part of the pie. It helps helps keep the business open. It helps keep the, the servicing of the debt. 
Uh, it helps keep the cash flow coming in and helps keep, you know, customer awareness and brand awareness for future product. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show. It can be downloaded at Apple iTunes, the iTunes store. You search for Rob Black and your money, Rob Black and your money. Or you can go to talk910.com, talk910.com, and you get a podcast. doesn't mean you have to have an iPod. You don't have to be an iPod snob. You can have, be an MP3 player, a Zoom player, or you can just listen to it from your desk. So there's multiple ways of doing it. 800-345-5639. The website is talk910.com, talk910.com. And it's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. ever see the olympic resort known as whistler is in foreclosure so the skiing venue whistler back home won an extension from creditors of a foreclosure auction that had been scheduled for tomorrow creditors agreed to extend the deadline until february 26 um now again who would have thought that so there's stakes in whistler black home uh, Stratton Mountain in Vermont. So this company basically overextended itself and bought too much real estate. So even investments in Whistler could be foreclosed. Now, wouldn't that be great if right in the middle of Sean White, the animal, going for his McTwisty 360 double reverse crossover cut thrash that they uh, foreclosed and shut down the course? Of course, that's not going to happen. Bring in certified financial planner Chad Burton. Chad Burton, what say you? I would say, especially after watching snowboarding last night, I'd rather be snowboarding than talking to you right now. Well, that's fair to say. <laughs> I would rather be watching snowboarding than hearing you talk right now. Thank you. At least we agree on that. So uh, I, I, I can't pull one of those double McTwist uh, 1260. I mean, that guy is just absolutely insane. Sean White is an animal. Do you refer, you know that he wants to refer, name himself the animal, and he doesn't want to be the flying tomato anymore? <laughs> he needs to cut his hair. I think I will take over the flying tomato You'll, you'll dye your hair red and go for it. Hell yeah! With there all that brand, with all that branding that he's put into that name, so it, it, it's amazing. He, you know, he's a good guy too, unless he pulls some sort of a Tiger Woods later on. But there, he slept Rob with Paris Nate. Hilton. How good of a guy can he be? <laughs> well, I, you know, we'll ask Paris that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear about what he did yesterday? No, what? Uh, NBC got the audio on air of him basically just being a crude mother effer. So as good of a guy as you think he is, his coach says, you want me to ride? Uh, he says, what do you want to do? And he goes, I don't know. I'm just going to ride straight down the middle. And right. his guy says, no. And uh, his, his his coach says, no, have some fun. He goes, D- drop a double mick. And uh, long story short, he go, his coach goes, do whatever the F and you want. Send that thing down. Make sure you stomp the S out of that thing. Yeah, um, and that's when that's when NBC started apologizing for the vulgar language on the air. NBC, what a mess! Oh boy, it's you know name one other sport that has come that far in in a short period of time. I mean, the stuff that they're doing is it looks almost humanly impossible. I mean, I've been snowboarding for twenty five years, and I can't even imagine going as big as these guys are going. It's it's amazing. Do you think anyone's ever going to die during snowboarding? Uh, during a competition in the Olympics, yeah, I mean, you had you know one of the contenders, you know, basically is in the hospital as a with major brain damage right now during training. Mm, now I feel so, bad. now I feel bad for bringing that up. 
Yeah, and it's it's you know he had a helmet and everything, but it, the brain condition was so bad. He's you know basically learning how to walk and talk again right now, um, because you know one error when you're going 20 feet off of a lip of a half pipe, and those half pipes are hard. They're not you know they're they're near ice as far as how hard they are. Um, I mean, yeah, you're 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 done when you're that high off the air. It's 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 a brutal sport, and it's amazing. Now, with that said, you are a financial planner, and you are a friend of mine, and. Um, you help people who are wealthy. So I got to reposition and reset every now and then and explain to people who you are. But you also are a snowboarder. You're younger than me. And um, I'm Generation X. You're kind of a young Generation X. I'm kind of an old Generation X mm-hmm. to give people perspective. And you like the snowboarding, huh? I do. You know, I started snowboarding when snowboards were wooden with a last name like Burton. I figured I'd have to. But um, when I used to go snowboarding and I had a Burton woody snowboard with metal edges on the back end, I was maybe one of eight or nine snowboarders on the mountain, and now when I go up, snowboarders by far outnumber skiers. Yeah, and uh, the, you know the sport's caught on; it's on fire. It's a whole industry. Um, used to be a ton of companies around. Now there's you know just a few that made it. Um, a lot of companies went bankrupt in the '90s. That you know there's too many companies that that popped up, and then they all consolidated. And of course, you got Burton on top of the pile. Now again, tooting your own horn, toot. You're also one of the first wakeboarders, toot. And uh, you did wakeboard surfing too, to keep tooting your own horn. What, <laughs> did, you, did you, by chance, walk across water as well? <laughs> no. No, wake surfing kind of looks like that, though. No, yeah, wake surfing's kind of cool. And uh, there's it a great photo cool. of you and your daughter. Your daughter's on your head while you're wake surfing, and I think that's uh, pretty darn neat. Yeah, submitted to the Wake Surfing magazine, but they said it wasn't, uh, it wasn't safe enough to have somebody on your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's bad advice. Now, as a financial planner, you make, uh, you make a good good salary when you go wakeboarding do you have disability insurance have disability insurance yeah because one day oh, you're absolutely gonna, you're gonna crack you know, it's i have a ton of disability insurance um in fact it's one of my highest monthly costs is my disability insurance because um you know i i like to do those types of generation x sports because what i grew up doing but i also have three children and if i'm not able to you know go into work They've still got to, you know, go to college. They've still got to have food on the table and everything else. So disability insurance for me is much more important than life insurance um, because, you know, much more chance that I'll become disabled for a period of time than die before my life expectancy. And it's important because you have a salary that people are counting on. Heidi, she also is a, 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 a snowboarder, but her income, not that important. So disability insurance, not that important to her and her her husband. Is that the right way of saying that? Or should she have disability insurance? Well, if, um, you know, if basically if Heidi becomes disabled and they start losing their house, they're not able to pay bills, they go into bankruptcy, then disability insurance is definitely important. Yeah. And that's one thing people should consider once they're, you know, if they're out looking for work right now, and let's say the market improves and they start getting job offers, what the company covers as far as disability insurance should be a huge part of, you know, which job do I take if we get to a point lucky enough where we're able to choose what we go back to work to, right? I, I suppose. I've always told my loved ones, just kill me if I become disabled because my life won't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, that is the worst thing I think I've ever heard you say on radio. I know, but I, I don't – I fear being disabled. Oh. Okay, yeah, well, I think everybody does. Okay. So that's what I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. So <laughs> let's talk more serious financial planning issues. All right. Uh, disability insurance is, is a serious issue. 
I should not say it's not a serious issue because it's, it's one of the most important. Having the right mm-hmm. insurance is just as important as having the right stocks or the right investments or the right real estate mixture. Um, 2010. Yeah, can, you be- can you imagine we live in the year 2010? I can't. I can't believe it. I mean, I remember talking, you know, several years back that hey, in in 2010, um, you know, things like estate taxes are going to go away for one year and one year only, and you know, here we are, and there's a lot of things coming up like this. You know, converting to a Roth IRA. That's one of the biggest topics of 2010 when it comes to financial planning. Does that go away after 2010? Because I know some old elderly people who want to convert IRAs to Roth IRAs, but they don't want to pay the taxes all at once. They kind of want to manage it over five years or over 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. Is is this a once-in-a-lifetime thing, or is it going to stick around, the conversion? Um, I don't think it sticks around. I mean, right now, here, here's the deal, is that when your household income, and it's your modified adjusted gross income, so sometimes for retired people, even some of your tax-free income counts in this calculation, but if your household income is over $100,000, you're not allowed to convert a regular IRA to a Roth. So if you've got an IRA and you want to convert all or just a part of it to a Roth, pay the taxes now, and, and once it's in the Roth, it'll grow tax-free for the rest of your life, and it can go on to your heirs totally tax-free as well. Um, the, the income limits for 2010 are gone. So if you're a wealthy person and you have IRAs and you want to uh, pay some of the taxes now, you can do that, and instead of having to pay the taxes all in 2010, you can spread them out over the next two years. Um, and so the question is, is that, okay, hey, I've got a large IRA. I, I may want to pass it on to my heirs. I may be at a higher tax bracket in retirement. So should I consider, you know, converting to a Roth IRA? Okay. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Did you convert your IRAs to Roth IRAs? Uh, no, I, I have not. Cause I'm, here's, here's the situation. There's, there's a couple of things that you want to do. First of all, you only want to convert enough to max out your, your current tax bracket. So in other words, you need to know what tax bracket you're in. And that sounds like work. It, well, it's not that, it's really not that hard. I mean, if you take a look at your last year's tax return and then the, the tax brackets, you might say, Hey, I, if you know, I could earn or have another taxable income of five or $10,000 and still stay at a 15 or 25% bracket, then maybe you convert enough to max out that bracket, but you don't want to convert over that amount. Um, and the thing that you have to realize is that you have to have the cash on the sidelines to be able to pay the tax. So if you convert you know, a $10,000 IRA and you're at you know, 15% federal and, and let's say it's just to make it easy, not 10% state, and you've got $2,500 in taxes that's due, then you better have the cash on the sidelines to pay that. You cannot pay the tax out of your existing IRA account. Otherwise, if you're under 59 and a half, you'll, you'll end up paying taxes plus a 10% penalty on the amount you withhold. So don't even bother considering this unless you got cash on the sidelines to pay the tax. So you're going to go up in the mountains a little later and do a little snowboarding? I'm actually going to try to sneak up uh, for two days on the weekend and, and get up there, take the kids up on Saturday, and then maybe by myself on, on Sunday just so I can ride a little faster. You know why I, I gave up skiing? You're just too big. I, I was too big and too slow. <laughs> so there was at one point where a ranger thought I was a bear coming down the mountain that I was going to go into the resort and kill people. So they started taking pot shots at me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go through the air gun practice area when I you're know. skiing, Rob. <laughs> and for the record, I can't call myself a bear in the city of San Francisco because that's a different type of bear. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you got to be careful of that. Thanks very much. It's Chad Burton. You can... 
he's a financial planner. He's on a regular basis. You love him. You know him. He gives you good, solid investment advice, good, solid financial advice. It's Chad Burton. It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. It's there. Google wins FERC approval to trade electricity in the United States. Great Google Google. Did you ever think of Google as an electricity company? That company just always throws me by, by where they're going and why they're going and how they want to do no evil or do no harm. Google, owner of the most popular internet search engine, won regulatory approval to trade wholesale electricity. Now, great googly moogly. They want to buy and sell wholesale power. Now, it makes sense because of how much they consume. Now, some of the companies that also have this, you know, ability to do this: Safeway, Kimberly Clark, and Merck. So it's not just as odd of a story as it first appears. Google wants to reduce the cost of buying electricity from wind turbines and solar panels to help power its data centers. There's less than meets the eye to Google's foray into the power markets. They're not going to try to start selling electricity to you and me. Not anytime soon, at least. So other big headlines out there today. The IRS says 190 of its employees in a Texas building were in the, the, the tower when the plane hit it today. I know you're saying, was there a plane strike that hit, that hit a building today? Yeah. The IRS is trying to account for all 190 employees in Austin, Texas. It was hit by a small plane. Um, spokesperson for the Obama administration, FBI, and the Department of Homeland Security said there's no signs of terrorism. It might be suicide, though. And again, when you hear that, it, just, it makes your skin crawl. Like, why would someone, if you want to take yourself down, that's fine. But why would you take a plane into a building? It just, I don't know. What's wrong with people on so many levels? Um, now, I dated an IRS agent once. This is an odd little story. My advice is never, ever date an IRS agent unless you're going to marry her. Because I got audited for the next three years. And auditing's not that difficult. I don't think there was a... I think it was more of a coincidence. I do not think that there was a collusion or anything going on. Um, she was an angel. So, Judy Gleisner. Um, her family just moved to Australia, which was weird. So, she finishes college. She works for the IRS. And she's like, screw this. I'm done with America. I'm going to Australia. Her whole family uprooted and moved to Australia. I think that's neat. I think she was she was kind of an angel. She's one of the best people I've ever dated. Um, just a normal, down-to-earth, good quality. She, I think everyone you date should teach you something. And she taught me to try to be a better person. Um, I know you're saying it didn't stick. I've heard you talk about old people on this show, and you're a mean, nasty person. But she did teach me to be a better person. Video startup company, and I'm always intrigued. I always want to make more money, more money, more money, mo. And again, yesterday I slammed Susie Orman for using black colloquialisms in her speech, and here I am going mo money, mo money, mo money, mo. So that's not too cool of me. But anyway, video ad startup company called Yumi raised twenty five million dollars. I always am on the lookout for the next big thing. Now, at some point in time, in the next, I keep saying this, in the next three months, I'm gonna start doing online video. I'm going to do it. Heidi's forcing me to do it. We're going to do a partnership, and we're going to make millions of dollars. Okay, maybe not. But video advertising and inserting ads into the expanding torrent of video on the web, it's huge. So there's a company that's in the Bay Area that I don't know. 
and I want to know this technology, I will beg, steal, or borrow. I will do anything I can to get you financially educated so that you can make good decisions. So if Google has anything to say about it, Yumi's going to die. But this is a Redwood City company, and it's amongst the well, most well-capitalized in the Bay Area right now. they got tons of money. They've got tons of partners, partners who have made money in the past. There's a good financial statement that I just made. Partners who have made money in the past. When I buy a stock, I look to see who's invested in it. I tend to look to see who's the management. Because let's put it this way. There's a guy who's on Glenn Beck's TV show now. His name's Damon Vickers. And I know the guy. He's a loser. He had a, a radio show that he bought that he paid for. And he talked about IBM's going to go to zero and Tiffany's going to go to zero. And he sold fear. Now, in this world of investments, I try to sell common sense approach to creating enough money so that you have a nest egg to live off. I don't care if you're a 20-year-old college student. I don't care if you're a 30-year-old um, house frau. I don't care if you're a 40-year-old lawyer. I want to get you to retirement. I want to do it without scaring the hell out of you. So one of the things that I, I, I try to do is sell credibility. And for instance, like this guy, Damon Vickers, when he's on, I know him. I know him personally. I know him 10 years ago, and I know his track record sucks. So when he gets on Glenn Beck and like uh, Glenn Beck teased him on his TV show that he's like, yeah, this guy is super smart, and he's talking about the collapse of the world and how, how we're all going to be using gold. He did that 10 years ago. I've seen this boy call Wolf, and I don't trust him. So I try to get to know people, and I try to get to know the companies that I'm investing in. Um, did they make money? Steve Jobs, everywhere he's gone, he's made money. Everywhere he's gone, he's made money. Whether it's Pixar, whether it's Apple, whether it's Next Software, he makes money. So I, anywhere he goes, I will go. Now, Yumi has got a lot of people like uh, Excel Partners and Coastal Ventures and BV Capital. And, and these are companies that you may or may not know that they've, they've, they, they funded Yahoo. They funded Google. They know what they're doing. So Yumi matches advertisements to videos. Like if it's MSN website that has a video running, you know that MSN has kind of a, a liberal feel to it. So it's going to be a little bit more of a liberal advertisement. Maybe it'll be a car that's a Prius. It's green. It's good. It's what's wonderful. It saves the earth. It doesn't, you know, consume oil. Whereas um, maybe some of their other websites might be a little bit more conservative where they're going to put a gun advertisement on it. You get the idea. So that's what the company does. Company says that it's served an average about 30 million in-stream video ads per day in December. It's now profitable. Interactive advertising as a whole category is growing, and it's taking share away from old forms of advertising, TV and radio. I'd love to get John Scott in here and ask him about the viability of radio as a, a business model. Um, is radio going to survive? Is the the Lamont and Tonellis, the big morning you know yuck fest shows, are they still making money like they used to? Radio used to make money in morning drive time and evening drive time, and that basically paid for the money loser that was everywhere else in radio. Um, I'd be interested. I'd be interested in that angle. But uh, Yumi is tied towards the Internet, and large media companies are preferring to do business with independent companies versus, for instance, Google's and the Yahoo's and the, you know, down the road, maybe an Apple. So Apple recently acquired an, a mobile ad firm called Quattro. Now, if your core business is producing the best content and maybe making money off that content, you need to have a core business. And Yumi is, is very, very independent. So interestingly, Yumi, their original business model back in 2004 
I know you're saying 2004. Where were you in 2004? Back in the good old days. Well, okay, it was only five years ago, six years ago. They they did set top boxes. They wanted to deliver free ad supported Bollywood movies over the internet to home televisions. I know you're saying, how did a company that has set top boxes that is doing Bollywood movies, how the hell did they get into delivering commercials into video streams? Oh, I, I honestly don't have an answer for you, but it's a good question. Good question. Now, let's change topics. I just showed you a company that's going to come public. And if you didn't just, if you didn't figure out what I just did there, I showed you a trend in technology that's growing and you have to pay attention to it. So the top earners in the United States, an IRS report just came out. 400 highest earners averaged $345 million in 2007. Can you imagine that? It's a lot of money. That's a lot, that would have been more than I would have thought. The average tax rate for those people, 16%. Interesting, right? You would have thought that they would have got hit by the 40 45%. The figures for 2007, that's the last year of economic expansion in the United States. It shows that average income reported by the top 400 earners more than doubled from $131 million in 2001. So that's right, three hundred forty-five million. So if you know how they say the wealth, the rich get richer. I think there's a good example where you can point right there and say the rich do get richer. Congress has adopted tax cuts urged by then President George W. Bush in two thousand one that Democrats say disproportionately benefit the wealthy. Each household in the top four hundred earners of pay basically paid an average of about sixteen point six percent. That's the lowest tax rate in the top four hundred earners since data began in nineteen ninety two. Top 400 paid $23 billion in taxes in 2007. That's up from $18 billion a year earlier and a bigger amount than any year since 1992. Now, average effective tax rate should be about 30% for these people. Taxes increased. Top 400 earners, they figured out a way of not paying that 30% tax bracket and or higher. It's interesting, right? Average top 400, $345 million a year. God. You know, one thing that I, I like to do when I play the lottery, I don't play the lottery for any other reason than to laugh at people um, who are playing the lottery. But I understand that like when you play the lottery, and I love this, I love people who are like 28 million. Ah, that's not enough for me to play. They'll pass on 28 million because they want a hundred million dollar jackpot as if 28 million isn't worth their time. That's funny. Your, your odds still stink. One in seven million of winning a lottery, maybe higher in some states, depending on the Powerball and those kind of issues. Um, have you ever noticed the people who pay the, play the lottery every single day are the poorest people you've ever seen in your life? So they're awfully poor, awfully poor. I stop and get a soda every day, sometimes two. And uh, everyone, every person I see playing the lottery, they're the, the nastiest, dirtiest, smelling, lowest income people I've ever seen in my life. And again, that's that's all relative because I've been to foreign countries where poor is really poor in other countries. So anyway, um, where did I go with this? Oh, the reason I like playing the lottery is it's fun to think about what would you do with a hundred million dollars? Would you buy an island? You know, would you would you have servants? Um, did you know that eighty percent of football players go bankrupt three years after they leave the NFL because they they basically win the lottery, they make contracts of ten, twenty, thirty million dollars, and they spend. They spend as if they're always going to be earning that money, but they're out of the NFL three years later. So, yeah, the only reason I play the lottery is for a dollar is you can have some fun with your thoughts. Like, I would I would probably become a Mormon and have 10 wives because suddenly I could afford that. Like, 
<laughs> now you're saying, Rob, Mormons don't have 10 wives anymore. That's so big love of you. Um, yeah, but yeah, for a dollar, it's a, it's a pretty positive dream, right? Anyway, I know you're saying change the topic, Rob. Walmart. They're going to release an exclusive line of toys for the movie How to Train Your Dragon. Walmart came out with earnings today, and they were a little bit on the weak side. Now, again, $4.6 billion in profits. I'll take that. Now, Walmart is an investment. You own it for 30 years. You basically own it because they're bigger than 2345 put together. You don't own it for 10 years. You don't own it for one year. You don't own it for five. You own it for a lifetime so that you can get part of that big action, $4.6 billion in profits. But they announced an exclusive deal with How to Train Your Dragon. And basically, they're going to sell these toys between 5 and $30. And they're that kind of big that they can pull this off. I don't know. That's, I think that's an investment lesson somewhere in there. 800-345-5639. It's time for me to go. It's 800-345-5639 if you want to wait 22 hours. What am I teasing? Tiger Woods tomorrow. Tiger Woods tomorrow. Woo! Tease Tiger Woods. Woo! Tiger Woods talking sex and golf tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.